Chapter 1. A Time to Learn In many ways, my life growing up in England was unremarkable. I was a normal suburban kid and the product of a mum and dad who I assumed to be normal and boring too. My name is Matthew Chandler and I was born on August 16, 1944. I have a twin brother named Simon. His nickname is Nomis, which is Simon spelled backward, something that I thought of and am still rather proud of to this day. Simon and I were sent away to prep school, an austere private boarding school named Hydney House near Hastings in Sussex, after which, having done quite well in our entrance examinations, we were both accepted to our public school, Harrow-on-the-Hill, my dad's alma mater, who along with other notable alumni like Winston Churchill, Lord Byron and Robert Peel also were educated there. We were 13 when we started. Harrow is what is known in England as a public school, which in upper-class lingo translates to a very, very expensive boarding school. My mother Elizabeth Chandler is a housewife, and my father, Robert Chandler, is a civil servant who works for the British government, the public records office, if I remember correctly. He was, by all accounts, a successful man, who I remember leaving the house every morning, dressed immaculately in a three-piece suit, with a copy of the Times under his arm, an umbrella neatly furled by his side, and a bowler hat on his head, for his seven-minute walk to the train station, which would take him to Waterloo Station and his job in Whitehall. He was a typical middle-class British gentleman and the true definition of a bureaucrat, and I loved him. He was my father. Like me, mum and dad were both educated at Oxford. Located in the North London suburbs, Harrow is only about two hours from Isha where I grew up. No miss had done well at Harrow, and had made a ton of influential friends. Of course, the fact that he was such a good athlete helped enormously. He excelled at cricket, and because he was so good, he quickly was promoted to the first eleven, which in turn made him extremely popular with all the students and faculty who followed his batting and bowling averages religiously. I sadly wasn't much good at sports at all preferring to spend my time in the library with my head stuck in history books, I'm glad I was considered to be a SWAT. Two of my areas of interest were World Wars I and II. Ever since I'd been a small boy, I'd been fascinated in anything and everything about how and why those wars had started and who the people were who started them. I'd become something of an expert on Adolf Hitler, Heinrich Himmler, Hermann Goering and Martin Bormann on the German side and Sir Winston Churchill, Great Britain's Prime Minister, on the British side. My dad was clearly a successful man. He excelled in everything he did, but as a father was distant and sometimes indifferent and I never understood what Nomis and I had done wrong to merit that indifference towards us. Our school, Dad's too, by the way, Harrow-on-the-Hill, is one of the best schools in the UK. The school was founded in 1572 by John Lyon, a local landowner and farmer, 
under a royal charter of Queen Elizabeth I, Harrow's history and influence has subsequently made it one of the most prestigious schools in the world. The school has an enrolment of about 820 boys, all of whom board full-time in 12 boarding houses. It's one of the original nine public schools listed in the 1868 Parliament Act. Harrow's uniform includes morning suits, top hats and canes. It was in my third year at Harrow that one afternoon while reading a book on World War II, while sitting in the well-stocked school library, I saw a picture that changed my life forever. Standing beside Hitler at the Berghof, his Bavarian mountain retreat that he had purchased with money earned from his best-selling novel Mein Kampf, stood four men in military uniforms. Below the photograph were identifying names of the men and their rank in the SS, the Nazi secret police unit that Hitler had created in 1935. To the left of Hitler stood Himmler, his chief architect, and next to him stood Albert Speer, a colonel sporting enough medals to sink a battleship. Adolf Eichmann was next in line, and on the very end of the line was a picture of a man with his name written below, unknown to me, called Otto von Braden. When I first saw the picture, I did a double take. The quality of the picture was grainy, but after inspecting it carefully, I determined the likeness to be uncanny. Maybe I thought to myself the man in the photo was simply someone who looked a lot like my father. They always say there are twelve faces of man, but looking into the eyes of this stranger, I saw the vacant, distant, cruel look that I had seen my whole life. I knew that look so well because I had been on the receiving end of it. I was staring directly into the eyes of my father. I gasped, taken aback momentarily. This man was the spitting image of my dad. But how could that be? I asked myself. But how, I wondered, would I go about finding out who this man was? Could it be that he was a German relative, I wondered? Or could he, in fact, be my father? When I saw the picture, I was in shock. My brain kept denying that possibility. But then, Thinking about it, I realized that I knew so little about my dad, and so it was about time I learned all about him, or whoever the man was in that picture. But forgive me, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me slow down and start at the beginning. I'm currently reading Criminology at Oxford University. The year is 1965, and I'm a first-year student and share rooms with my cousin Tiki, at Balliol College, Oxford, and it had been two years since I'd first seen that photo. A lot has happened since then, mainly to do with my graduating high school and then being accepted into university. Initially, when I'd first seen that photo at Harrow, the first thing I'd done was to jot down the name of the man who had been displayed prominently below his picture 
and then approached the librarian, a small mousy man named Mr. Daltrey, and asked him how I could find out about a Nazi named Otto von Braden. Mr. Daltrey, the librarian, rifled around in his box of tricks for a moment or two and then with a triumphant kind of harumphing sound, beckoned for me to follow him to a corner in the library where he laid his hands on a volume named The Gestapo, an anthology of the world's most dangerous men. I thanked him and began my research. Otto von Braden was born in Munich in 1914, the son of an army officer and a clinical psychologist, the book began. He was an only child who was educated at private schools in Germany, but in 1932 was offered a place at Cambridge University to study philosophy. In 1936, he graduated and returned to Germany and shortly after joined the Nazi party, rising to the rank of major by the start of World War II. In 1939, he organized the deportation of Jews from France, Greece and Austria, and in 1940, became the commandant of the Drancy internment camp in Paris. At that point, Otto von Braden's resume ended abruptly. I promised myself I'd look into the life and times of this man who bore such an uncanny resemblance to my father. Tiki Martin is my cousin. We've always been a close family, and Tiki was the oldest son of my Aunt Ruth, my mum's older sister. Aunt Ruth is a professor of linguistics at Oxford, and when Tiki applied to university, he was accepted to both Oxford and Cambridge. Currently, he was in his first year at Oxford studying PPE, philosophy, politics, and economics. Tiki was my roommate at Oxford. I was reading criminology with a somewhat romantic notion of becoming a crime writer and becoming a biographer of well-known figures throughout history. I'd toyed with the idea of becoming a journalist, but had quickly dismissed that idea as I realised I wasn't aggressive enough to fight for the headlines and was happy as being a solitary man. And so it was that I found myself sharing a room at university with my best friend in the world and my twin brother Simon at the same establishment that my father had been educated at. (laughs) ¶¶